Information on this edition of Love from the Hip provided by Sakura or her guests does not constitute medical or legal advice. Any suggestions made are opinions only. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and consult with their medical providers before making any lifestyle changes. Good afternoon and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me interview extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I have hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Throughout history, women have been excluded from academic institutions, leaving female healers with little opportunity to contribute to the science of medicine. Instead, women have served as apothecaries, empirists, herbalists, midwives, nuns, and some were employed by royal courts as healers. Their medicines were botanical-based and prepared as lotions and potions. And their medical procedures included not only traditional home remedies, but also purges and bloodletting. Still, women held their ground, defying the governing laws of men and the church. Because they did not waver and continue to practice their medicine, they suffered excommunication, exile, heavy fines, flagellation, and eventually became the target of witch hunts. There became a strong divide between female superstition and male medicine. Men were intimidated and threatened by women who not only had special healing skills or extensive medical knowledge, but who also were closely connected to God. The popular belief was that only men could comprehend medicine and only men of the cloth could have direct contact with God. Women who did so were heretics, connected to the devil. In 1322, Jacqueline Felice de Almania was put on trial for the unlawful practice of medicine. She was charged with acting as a physician, examining their urine, taking their pulse, touching their bodies, and demanding payment from the patient if she cured them all while prescribing various potions, digestives, and laxatives, completely ignorant of medicine. Eight witnesses testified. Seven of them were former patients plus one of their wives. They did affirm her medical practices, but denied that she ever took money from them. The court also learned that these patients were successfully cured by Jacqueline when the physicians had failed and given up on them. Still, the court believed a man could better understand the subject of medicine In fact, during the trial, no questioning was done to test her knowledge of medicine. Jacqueline did argue her position that wise and experienced women, even if inexperienced, should be able to care for the sick, especially for other sick women who may feel embarrassed to have a male physician touch her and might favor death because of it. Jacqueline was banned from medicine, charged with a hefty fine, and excommunicated from the church. This court decision also banned all women from studying medicine in France until the 19th century. England followed suit, and in the beginning of the 15th century, they persuaded King Henry V to sign off on it. Subsequently, in the 14th and 15th centuries, women who were looked at as physicians became branded as charlatans and witches by the medieval church. Anne Hutchinson, a very influential Puritan spiritual leader in colonial Massachusetts, challenged male-dominated religious authorities of her time. Anne was raised by a dissident minister father and an herbalist mother. She married a cloth merchant, William, and together they bore 15 children. After fleeing the Church of England and moving to Boston, Anne joined a group of women who worked as healers and midwives. Through this group, she began preaching to both men and women. 
She preached that sin did not affect whether or not someone went to heaven and that people could have a personal connection with God themselves. Both ideas were in violation of the Puritan doctrine. In 1637, Anne was called to court. She was accused of violating the fifth commandment because she defied authority. She was criticized for teaching men, and she was called a heretic for her testimony that God had given her a clear vision. Even when asked how she knew it was God, she replied with the same way that Abraham knew it was God that bid him to offer his son, an immediate voice. The court declared her a blasphemer. She was referred to as an instrument of Satan, and she and her family were banished from the colony. With time, female, female healers finally became recognized as physicians and allowed to study medicine. In 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell received her medical degree in America, but was still banned from practicing until she opened her first clinic in the slums of New York City for women and children in 1853. In 1875, Madeleine Bray was the first French woman allowed to study medicine. In 1872, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson became the first female doctor in England and opened up a school of medicine for women. The vast majority of women's involvement in healing practices and spiritual teachings were never for the benefit of one's self-gain or success. They were selfless acts that were done for the benefit of the community, especially the poor, despite the danger. The early exclusion of women from independent healing roles as well as spiritual leaders was a strong warning and foreshadowing of what was to become a common theme throughout our history. History attacked women healers as women, and when they fought back, which they so often did, they did so in solidarity of other women. As Hutchinson said, as I do understand it, laws, commands, rules, and edicts are for those who have not the light which makes plain the pathway. He who has God's grace in his heart cannot go astray. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Charlotte Branca on my show. Charlotte is a spiritual counselor, life coach, and healer. She will share her own spiritual journey, including her direct communication with God and angels and what she has learned. Plus, later on the show, we will open up the phone line so you can get a free mini intuitive reading. So stick around after this quick break. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept. Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Charlotte Branca on my show. Charlotte is a spiritual counselor, life coach, and healer. Thanks for joining me in the studio today, Charlotte. Hi, Sakura. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you think it was women being finally allowed to study medicine that made it safe for women to return to being healers or herbalists again? No, I don't. You don't? Okay. I don't think it particularly is safe. Okay. You still think it's not safe. Why is that? Um, because as a master herbalist as well, and having had a herbal apothecary for almost 15 years, um, I was still constantly 
checked in on by the AMA and the FDA, mm. um, trying to always catch me in prescribing or diagnosis, diagnosing. And they send people very specifically to try to catch you into doing that so that they can arrest you. Oh, wow. And so you learn the laws. You learn how to present things to people in a way that is not illegal. Right. Because it still is illegal today unless you are a licensed physician. And wasn't it the AMA that said we cannot use the word heal or cure? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> or prescribe. Yeah. Or prescribe. <laughs> Which so. is always a key, was always the key of somebody would say, so what you're doing, so you're diagnosing me with this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't diagnose. You need to go to your doctor for that. Yeah. Um, because they really still are looking to um, catch you doing something wrong. Why do you think us as women were casted out in the first place for being healers? Um, why in the very first place? Um, you know, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really know why way back when women were looked on. I would say it would probably have to go back to, if you look at history, back to the Roman Catholic Church. Which is being a threat. Which was being a threat because Mm -hmm. they were doing away with paganism. Mm -hmm. And most of the healers were within pagan communities. Okay. And so I would think it would go back into that. But I don't really 100% know for sure. And how long have you been a healer? Um, Well, pretty much my whole life, but professionally (laughs) (laughs) for about 19 years now. And did you realize your gifts at a very young age? Um, I, yes. I never... You know, I didn't really realize they weren't gifts or okay. that. The, I just thought everybody did what I did. I didn't know that other people didn't see or hear or feel what I felt. Uh-huh. I thought everybody did this. Okay. Yeah. So was your family supportive of it? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, my mother was very afraid of it. And um, I I wasn't even sure why at first. Um, I guess I was speaking to God and the angels from a very young age, and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be speaking about it. Mm. And my mother was very Catholic, like very, very Catholic. And um, she had wanted to be a nun. She did the flowers for the church. So I was at the church all the time. Okay. And um, she w- and she was just... In Catholic, you when you're Catholic, you don't talk to God directly. Actually, huh. you're okay. you're you're trained. You go to confession, and your sins are removed or released by the priest when you confess, and then you do your your penance or whatever they give you to do at that particular point in time. And so she was she was a little bit concerned all the time about what I did. And so she also told you what to say in confession. She did. She did. <laughs> I was one of those kids that never did anything that I wasn't supposed to do. Okay. And But you had to go to confession before Mass right. every time. So she would tell me what to confess. And one day she didn't tell me what to confess. And how old were you at that time? I was point? six years old okay. at that time. And she didn't tell me what, to conf- what I was supposed to say. Right. She just told me to go in, and it was right before the service started. And so... I went in and I sat down and I had no clue what to say to the the priest on the other side of the the door screen. And um, she um, or he 
wanted me to confess to something and I just really didn't know. And I, and so I, I think I said something and, and he got upset with me at that particular moment in time. And he started telling me what sin was. Hmm. I don't really, even at six years old, remember what he was saying about what sin was, but, um, my angels who are always around me and were talking to me appeared to me and he said, tell him this is what sin is. <laughs> and so I repeated to him. I still don't actually even know to this day what I said. Right. Um, and I repeated to him what the angel told me to say. And I was greeted with dead silence. And the next thing I know, the little door between us slam shut so hard it was like the whole confessional rattled and the door flew open to the confessional and there's this large man standing there bright red staring at me oh no and I thought he was going to explode (laughs) (laughs) I was so scared and he told me to get up and he grabbed me by the arm and he brought me to the very front of the church at the altar waited for the whole congregation to sit, and it was a large church. So we waited for the whole congregation to sit. My mother was in the front row where she always is, waiting for the Mass to start. And knowing who I was, because I was there all the time, because she did the flowers for the church. It right. was, you know, I'm, I'm there all the time. He asks who I belong to. And my mother is, like, staring. Her eyes are locked with my eyes. And she, like slowly raises her hand and and the um, priest tells her to come get me and take me from the church and never to come back because I'm a child of Satan. Oh, my gosh. And she, yeah, yeah. And she comes up. She's just horrified. As an adult now, I can only imagine how horrified she was. As a child, I was scared to death. Yeah. And she grabs me by the arm, and we're walking down the aisle, and she's got me by, you know, I'm thinking my arm's going to get pulled out of my socket. It's so so painful. And she tells me, they still burn witches at the stake. I told you never to say anything. Oh, my goodness. And and after that, I literally think she thought I was a child of Satan. So she bought into it as well. She totally bought into it. So looking back now as an adult, why do you think he called you a child of Satan? Well, you know, we know what's going on in the Catholic Church. It's been all over the news. Uh-huh. I can only imagine <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what it was that the angel had me tell him about sin that would make somebody this angry. So I would imagine it was probably something along those lines of what we know. So what happened after that experience at age six? Um, I stopped talking. Mm. I didn't know what I could say to anybody, what I couldn't say to anybody. So I just stopped talking. Most people didn't know I even could talk. Hmm. Was that your way of suppressing your gifts or? That was my way of not getting into trouble. Okay. But you were still seeing and communicating. Oh, I still saw everything and talked to the angels at you know, it was still that continued. The angels were still my best friend where I didn't trust people. Mm-hmm. I trusted the angels. Okay. And so, yeah, so I just stopped talking. It was, you know, and I stopped talking till I was like 15, 16 years old. And what made you start talking then? Um, I ended up in my freshman year of high school, a mandatory speech class. 
oh. they put me into. <laughs> well, that'll do it. Yeah. And I was a straight A student. Uh-huh. So I had to like ace this course. I was so afraid. I was like so afraid to speak. And the first time they had me come up in front of a class to talk, I I literally think I almost passed out. Oh, no. But... You know, but it became, once I started talking, nobody could ever shut me up after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so were you sharing your gifts then, too, with people when you started talking um, again? Or? No. 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 You still were suppressing it. Oh, then. yeah. Because I was always in trouble. Mm. I mean, I was one of these people, and I, and I understand it now. I ran into somebody who actually um, helped me understand a little bit more about myself, is a lot of times when I would look at somebody— they would get angry with me Hmm. just by the way I was looking at them. And then they would tell me what I was thinking. And I'd be like, well, I'm not even thinking this, so I don't even know why you're mad at me. And and so so people would sometimes beat me up just because of the way that I looked at them. Hmm. And And I didn't understand this. And when I was in school, um, I used to go into class and there'd be, this is just kind of like a little off, topic here but it's coming up to say I would wa- I would go into class and I was so insecure and this was when I was really super silent and there'd be this group of girls that sat in the back of the class and I was like so enamored by them because I was actually really envious mm-hmm. that there was all these girls that were talking and laughing and having fun and I felt so secluded and isolated and um, and I would look back at them every day just in my own personal envy not realizing they were getting a completely different message every oh, single time I looked at them. And a couple of years later, I ran into one of the girls. And actually, it was our senior. Now, it was a few years later. It was our senior year of high school. I ran into her, and she said, I have to thank you. And I was like, what are you thanking me for? And she goes, you changed my life. And I said, how did I change your life? And she said, remember when you used to look back at me every single day when you came in? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And she goes, I saw myself in your eyes every single day hmm. when you looked at me. And she said, and what you don't know is I had a drug problem. And I was high every mm-hmm. single time I came in. And I was failing school. And I would see myself when you looked at me. And I didn't like what I saw. Oh, wow. And she said, so I ended up every single time I started when I went to use, I would see your eyes. And she said, I ended up finally going into a counselor and talking to counseling and going in and getting sober. And it totally changed my life. And she said, and now I'm planning on going to college and becoming a nurse. That's so awesome. So you're a catalyst for her change. So I was a catalyst, but I didn't understand that sometimes empaths, psychics, clairvoyants, whatever you want to call us when we have multiple gifts, we touch people without even knowing we're touching them. Hmm. And yeah. sometimes they're angry about that. Right. Would you put that into a sense of we're mirroring them? We're projecting back yes. their, their, themselves? Yes. Their true selves? Yeah. yeah. We project their souls back to them. And if they don't like who they are, they sometimes get angry. And they'll react. And they react. And, and I never understood why people react, were reacting to me the way that they were, even when I was, like, silent. Yeah. People would react. Well, that's a big thing to understand, reflecting back someone's consciousness at such a young age. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. 
Well, with that, we're going to have to take a break. But remember, this is a live show. So would you, if you would like to get a free mini intuitive reading from Charlotte after the break, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. URAskinandmind.com. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to tune right in here, KKNW, every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Charlotte Branca. Charlotte is a spiritual counselor, life coach, and healer. And if you would like a free mini reading, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Charlotte, I was hoping you could share what how you ended up sharing your gifts or going professional with them. Um, So I started working in health food stores when I was really young, and I um, would help kind of guide people to what they needed intuitively. And then one day God told me I was going to open up a herb store, Mm -hmm. and I thought he was crazy. (laughs) I talk back to God all the time when he tells me things. Um, Because I was a single mother, and I was in debt from having had a nasty divorce, and I just thought there is absolutely no way I'm ever going to be able to do something like this. And But I put together the business plan, and, and then one day it was like God said, it is time. 
And so I went looking for money and I went to all kinds of banks and they all pretty much laughed in my face when they looked at me. And finally, one day I walked into this one little bank in the middle of Everett (laughs) and the and the um, loan officer looked at me and he said, I'm going to be really honest with you. You're never going to get a conventional loan. And he gave me the number of a place to go. And it was with angel investors. And so I was like, God, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to send me an angel. And (laughs) literally, (laughs) literally and figuratively (laughs) both. And so I ended up calling the number and um, the man who I answered the phone actually had been one of my customers from one of the health food stores I worked at. No way. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And he was, he knew who I was immediately. I did not remember who he was. And he told me that I had saved his life. Oh, wow. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, nobody knew what was going on with me. And when I came in, you just told me what I needed to do. And I didn't tell you anything. And I did exactly what you told me to do. And I'm still here to this day. And when I he when I told him, you know, what I was looking to do, and he said, well, I'm going to help you make this happen. That's amazing. And so he did. (laughs) That's so great. Yeah. Look at that. So, (laughs) yeah. And so, yeah, he helped make everything happen. And he ended up being an astrologer of all things as well. And so he astrologically forecasted the whole entire business um, (laughs) plan and everything along the way. That's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, we've got a bunch of callers on the line. So let's go ahead and take Ray from Redmond. Ray, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi, Ray. What is your question for Charlotte? Hi, Charlotte. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Hi, my young, Hi. My young adult children are in a, in a bit of a difficult place right now, trying to figure out what their path should be. And I'm just wondering how long it will take before I feel good in, in my heart about the decisions they're making. Or maybe I never will, but I guess I just want to know that they'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So your, So let me get this straight. So your question is, are you ever going to feel comfortable about the decision your children are making? Right. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try to simplify or, this. <laughs> thank you. Or better yet, are, you know, are they going to be happy in the decisions they make? And when might that be? <laughs> okay. Um, well, to actually tune into your children, I would need their names. Oh, okay. Um, Scott and Jordan. Okay. Um, Scott, he has a really good sense of humor, actually. Seems a little dry at times. Not everybody gets it. Um, Scott is definitely going to walk to his own beat of his own drum. And a lot of people are not going to understand what he is doing or the direction he's going. But he... um, He's actually going to be successful, but it's a little bit down the road for him. It's not as it's not as instant, right? But he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do fine. Um, his sense of humor ultimately carries him through in the long run. Great, thank you. That, that sounds very true. <laughs> and, and the younger one again. What was his name? Jordan, actually, girl. Oh, Jordan, girl. Okay, so Jordan. Let's see what's going on with Jordan here. Um, 
Jordan is a bit more insecure. She doesn't trust herself. Um, she's trying to do perfection. Like she needs, she wants to, she wants to please everybody and and make people proud of her. But she doesn't know how to do that. I, it, there's a part of her that actually wants marriage. She wants somebody to take care of her. And that is, if you could actually steer her away from that for a while, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> that, would, yes. <laughs> that would be good because she would be marrying out of insecurity where uh-huh. that doesn't go well for her, where she needs to be marrying from a place of just like being happy and in love. So mm-hmm. I would say for her, she definitely needs to be dating a little bit and getting a better sense of self before she makes that decision. Thank you. Yeah, that was really helpful. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for calling in, Ray. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take Christy from Tennessee. Christy, are you there? I am. Hi, Christy. What's your question for Charlotte? Well, um, I am in a um, transition of careers, and I was wondering if the, where I'm pursuing is what I should be doing, and do you see me leaving Tennessee? Hi, Christy. Hi. Okay, so those are very clear questions, but I'm going to actually um, use cards for this one just because it's going to be a little easier to tune into quickly. So the first question is, um, is the path you're pursuing a right path for you? It's actually an excellent path for you. It's not going to be a perfect path. You're going to have some frustration with it. Um, But it's actually going to work out really well. Yeah, you're going to find balance along the way. It's you're going to be successful. It's going to open up a lot of new opportunities that you really like. And it brings you in um, financial security as well. So, uh, so I'm just seeing this this balance with financial security here. Awesome. And a level of com- comfort. And the other one was leaving Tennessee. Correct. Is that a good idea, or are you going to be? No, uh, am I going to be? Hmm. Well, the Wheel of Fortune comes up with that one, <laughs> which, <laughs> which means, hmm, we do not know. <laughs> whenever I see the will of fortune we don't know um, that one is one of those destiny fate things that happens so as long as you're pursuing your path to happiness and fulfilling your goals where you live isn't going to be as important as the satisfaction you get and again I just see destiny coming up with this one here so and one of the things about destiny is we're not allowed to know destiny until we reach destiny. Understand. <laughs> um, but with that, <laughs> the card of happiness comes up. So you are going to be happy no matter where you're living. So it's an excellent, so you're on an excellent path. Um, but one of the things that I'm also being shown here is you're having a tendency to stay a little stuck in the past, look back over your shoulder instead Uh of ahead and you want to stop looking back 
because there's really nothing there for you anymore is what I'm being is what I'm hearing is stop looking back, stop reflecting back on what yeah. was and and being afraid of what's coming because of that. Awesome. Yeah, I got that message too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Thanks for calling in, Christy. Thanks, Akira. And with that, we're going to have to take a break. So everyone stick around for the weekly skinny. And remember, if you would like a free mini reading from Charlotte, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss how your liver's health affects your skin. According to a recent article published in Health 24 by Marilise Wilk, there are some sneaky and bizarre signs that are attributed to an unhealthy liver. Of the seven signs that Wilk lists, five of them present themselves on the skin. One sign is itchy skin. Itchy skin is said to occur when bile is present in the bloodstream due to liver damage. A blocked bile duct will result in stagnant bile which will flow back into the bloodstream. It will also accumulate under the skin and cause itching. The second is spider angiomas. These are small capillaries which appear just like the name, spider-like, and are visible under the skin. They are most common on the face and legs. They are caused by higher levels of oestrogen, which is an indication that the liver is not metabolizing your hormones properly. Bruising and bleeding is another possible sign. If you tend to bruise or bleed easily after an injury, it can be a sign that your proteins needed to clot your blood are no longer being sufficiently produced. Another sign is blemishes and hyperpigmentation. We have all heard the term liver spots. Well, not too far off, the brown pigmentation can be a sign that there is more oestrogen in the system, which means the liver is not functioning properly. This hormone causes the production of more melanin or skin pigment and can also cause blemishes on the face or entire body. Red palms is the fifth sign, Wilk lists which appears on the skin. Palmer erythema, or red, burning, itchy palms, can be a sure sign of abnormal hormone levels in the blood, which is also related to liver damage. Another sign not listed by Wilk, but one that I have seen, are dark circles. Yes, dark circles can be related to a sluggish liver. Of course, just because you may be experiencing any of these does not mean it is a sure sign your liver is unhealthy. If you are experiencing quite a few of these, then I would advise seeing your healthcare provider and running the appropriate test to rule out your liver. You can also try a liver detox to clean out your liver of all the harsh toxins and in turn help reduce your brown spots and spider angiomas. I recommend the liver cleanse from Gaia and I've seen great results with it myself. After all, it's great to clean out your liver every now and then so that it can function at its fullest potential. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com.
Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your questions. Let me know you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Charlotte Branca. Charlotte is a spiritual counselor, life coach, and healer. So Charlotte, how did you end up doing hands-on healing? Well, it was never in my plan, my business <laughs> plan. Um, but once I opened up my business, this woman came in a few months later looking for the hands-on healer that worked out of the store. Um, I told her nobody here did that, but we had cards by the wall of people that did that Reiki kind of stuff. I didn't know anything <laughs> about hands-on healing. Um, and she decided I must be the healer. Um that she was looking for and I thought she was crazy <laughs> and and I told her so but she pulled up a chair and refused to go anywhere until I agreed to help her so I finally asked her what she wanted what she was looking for and she said that God had told her that the healer on Main Street in Monroe would that worked in this herb store would help um, help heal her boyfriend who had been in an avalanche up on Stevens Pass and his legs had been crushed. Mm. And the doctors had said he would never have the full use of his legs back and he'd have extensive surgery over year- years to get any use back. And he was apparently a ski instructor in the wintertime and a surfer in the summertime and, and taught people. And she, he needed his legs. Yeah. I thought she had lost her mind, that she was just crazy and told her so again. And she, <laughs> <laughs> I said, you have the wrong person here. And she just refused to absolutely go anywhere until I agreed to help her. I realized we were at a stalemate. And she just said, I think you just don't know what you do yet. Right. Um, because she was so determined God had told her. And since I talked to God, I was, you know, how do you argue with that? That right. somebody says, well, maybe you just don't know. And I was like, well, maybe I don't. <laughs> but I still think you, you've got it wrong. So I agreed to help her. And she figured out the time and everything. She's like, well, your store opens at 10, so we'll be here at 830. And, and um and I said, well, don't I need one of those tables that people put people on? And she said, well, if you need a table, you'll have a table. If not, you know, he's in a wheelchair. And a few minutes after she left, I was writing for the magazine Voice of Choices, a local paper at the time, an herb article. And the editor of that magazine called me and said, do you know anybody who needs a massage table? <laughs> and I'm like... Well, I think I might. Why? And she said, because I'm down the street from you and there's a brand new one here for $20. And I just felt I couldn't leave it behind. And I said, well, I think that might be mine. And she said, <laughs> OK, I'll bring it right down to you. And within 15 minutes, I had the table that I'm still using to this day. Synchronicities. And yeah. so then what happened with her boyfriend? Um, so he came. She, Like I said, she decided what it needed to be. And so she, um, so. The first time he came in, we got him up on the table, and and I just asked God, I said, God, if this is something you want me to do, you're going to have to show me what mm-hmm. needs to be done, and I will do it. And so I just prayed to God, and I let whatever God showed me needed to be done. And I just, I didn't put my hands on him because I was aware of laws in this state, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to get arrested for actually touching somebody and not being a massage therapist. So I stayed in his energy system 
And then I just started seeing all these pictures and things that needed to be adjusted and where energy seemed to be stuck. And I just started letting the energy flow and moving that and picturing the bones that I was seeing heal back up. And, um, and then herbs started coming to me about what herbs he needed to do to, um, to heal with. And so I just told her that. And then she said, well, we'll come twice a week to you and see where that takes us and within twice a week within four weeks his legs completely healed miraculous yeah and and turns out once you have a miracle people hear about it and they start (laughs) coming and I was actually like everybody go away unless you want to buy herbs (laughs) I don't have time for this I have a loan (laughs) and just like that you became a healer and just like that I became a healer because people refused to go away how funny wow Mm -hmm. what a great story well we've got some callers waiting patiently so let's go ahead and take Kim from Federal Way Kim Hi. Hi there. Thank you you for taking my call. Absolutely. What's your question for Charlotte? Um, Charlotte, I'm wondering, is it possible for you just to do like a general intuitive kind of reading or do you need a specific question? Um, It's possible to do a general. um, We're on a real time crunch here. here, (laughs) (laughs) Just an intuitive message for her. So an intuitive message for you. So let me see what a spirit wants. Oh, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, really trust yourself. I mean, they bring me immediately right into your heart chakra mm-hmm. and, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I can feel your heart chakra, anxiety comes up, and you're just not trusting yourself. But I'm hearing spirits say you've got this mm-hmm. really okay. clearly. Like, you've got this. Stop, <laughs> stop worrying so much. Stay in your integrity mm-hmm. because you sometimes get other people telling you well it's not even sometimes you get people telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing and um and a lot of sometimes it's you're you're well a lot of the time (laughs) (laughs) you are in disagreement (laughs) (laughs) And, and so so i'm just hearing spirit say trust yourself and stay in your integrity and trust your heart because you know you are naturally intuitive, but you doubt yourself. And so you have a tendency to want to believe other people's lies. <laughs> so, uh, that's so that's so funny because I, I actually was, I, your story is why I called because, and I hear it many times with intuitives where they say they're just a little bit off, like they, they kind of, they didn't fit in or there was something that they just never understood, but. I don't know, for some reason they didn't fit in. And so, and I I don't know that I can feel anything or hear anything or see anything, but I've always, every time I hear that story of I'm just a little bit off and you don't really fit in, I think, well, that's me. What's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, you're really intuitive and you have a high integrity. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Let's go to Karen and Everett. Karen, are you there? Hello. Hi, Karen. What's your question for Charlotte? I'm calling to see about the best way to get my new business going. Oh, okay. Well, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, best way, okay, so I'm going to try to do this off the top really quickly with what Spirit has to say. Um, tell people about it. Mm-hmm. Tell people. Oh. It's like we're, you've got to get the word out there. They're saying you have to tell people, like you have to be talking about it. You need to be handing cards out. You need to be, they're saying tell people. Don't be okay. shy. Because you have, you, it's like, um, it's don't be shy, don't be humble. Ah, that's a well, little bit of a challenge because I guess I'm kind of shy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's why that's the message from the spirit. Don't don't be shy. Don't be humble. Start <laughs> telling people. Awesome. Huh? And then it'll be successful. Um. Well, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. It's not going to be successful right out of the gates. Uh-huh. Um, but and you're going to have some obstacles, but you're going to be able to blow past those obstacles. There's nothing that's going to hold you back other than your own humility. Hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break. So everyone stick around for more love from the hip. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. 
Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you're just joining us, today I have the pleasure of having Charlotte Brank on my show. Charlotte is a spiritual counselor, life coach, and healer. And so we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines here. We've got Jackie waiting on the line. Jackie from Sammamish, are you there? Hello. Hi. What's your question for Charlotte? Hi, uh, Charlotte. I would like to know if in the future you see, or the, if the guides tell you, uh, I'm thinking when I retire in September that I might move to Arizona, and I'm just wondering kind of what they think about that. Okay. You and everybody else, apparently. That's like the biggest question I get these days. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Everybody's moving to Arizona. <laughs> Mass move. <laughs> yes, it's the exodus from this state. Hmm. Um, I'm actually pulling cards because we're looking at timing here. And there's a better place for you than Arizona. Hmm. Yeah. You are going to be moving. But at, even though everybody's moving to Arizona, it's not reading as the best place for you. I don't exactly know why at this point. But where yeah. you're going to be moving is actually guided by the angels. You are guided by the angels. To where you go so you're actually worrying about something you don't need to be worrying about but you're also not quite ready to move yet because when you decide to go it's going to be the right place okay that makes sense yeah do they have any idea where or i don't have any idea where at this point the thing about the future the future is only easy to read when you um, have experience of what you, where you're thinking, what you're thinking about, and where you want to go. If okay. it's not anything you ever have would ever have thought about, then you don't know what it is yet. There's no way to know it. Okay, that makes sense. I trust that. <laughs> yeah, but but you're guided by the angels. Just ask the angels to show you where to go and to guide you. You you've got so many angels around you. It is. Like angel first aid in your life. They are just always with you and always guiding you. You really don't have any worries. Mm-hmm. No, I really don't. I'm very fortunate. Thank you for telling me that because I feel them. Um, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, Jackie. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Well, that's all the callers we can take today. And sorry to the rest of you that were waiting patiently, but you can book a session privately with Charlotte, and we'll give that information out later. So, Charlotte, I want to ask you, um, one of the callers had mentioned that she felt different and she knows she's she's not seeing or hearing anything. What do you say to people that are saying that? Uh, what I'm saying is they're usually blocking their own perception of what hearing and signs are supposed to be. Hmm. Because God and the angels are giving signs and they're speaking to everybody all the time. It's when we get in our own way thinking that it's supposed to be like we heard somebody else receive signs. Mm -hmm. I just always ask God to show me, and he always does. Okay. Always does. And and even today when I'm doing the readings today, I mean, <laughs> right. I like was I'm just like, God, just tell me what people need to know because I don't have a clue. Yeah. So so it's just a matter of listening. And the more you listen, the more you begin to see. Mm-hmm. And then you 
begin to know. You stop questioning that. And asking. And asking. Right. Yeah, I always ask. I remember I was asking about somebody that came into my life and did I really want him in my life? Because I wasn't sure. Mm. I didn't really like the person. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like really questioning this. And so I was like, God, show me. I really need a sign that I need to allow this person in my life for whatever he needs to be here for. And I turned the corner and there was this big white sign with black letters that was his name sitting on somebody's front lawn. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, well, that's a sign. Right? Exactly. (laughs) So you had such a fantastic journey. What is the moral of your story you would want to share with other people? Be yourself. Hmm. Be yourself because that's really all you can be. We get into trouble when we try to be what other people think we should be. Hmm. And do you also believe then being authentic, we will have those messages and those synchronicities come in? Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll have them all the time, even when we're not authentic. It's they're just usually more difficult, okay, to deal with because they're because they're a problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you have healing sessions that you offer, right? I do. Yes. Okay. And so, what can one expect when they come in to see you? Um, well, it depends. I each session is dependent on the person that comes in. I do many different types of healing work. I'm usually looking at what somebody is wanting to work on at this particular point in time. And so I'll look at what's going on with them from my perspective, then questions. And then we kind of go from there depending on how long of a session somebody has, what's going on in their life, of where it goes. You know, if it's a health issue that needs to be healed, if it's something on just directional and they're blocked and getting where they want to go, moving out those blocks, addressing them. Looking so at you're that. addressing things on a soul level and a physical level, would yes. you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and who's coming in for the people that come in to see you? Well, I always work with God. Okay. Every session I set up with is God. Okay. Um, other um, spirit guides okay. can come in. All right. Well, how can my listeners contact you for a session? Um, best way to go is through my website, which is www.time, T-H-Y-M-E, for F-O-R, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, dot com. They can book sessions off of there awesome. directly. Well, thanks for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was fun. Right. And thank you to Eric, my wonderful producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. And really love the show? Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuratlovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip. And make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.